Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about uh, comic books. Well, is. Oh, go ahead. Welcome everyone to the podcast. <laughs> yes, um, it is Wednesday, March. Um, don't don't speak till I introduce you. Excuse me. I just want to introduce you for the. I'm just never going to show up. <laughs> like thirty minutes. Thirty eight minutes. Usually the guest doesn't speak. Until I'm the, the guest host, of the podcast. The I see. Okay, it's, I'm not half of it at all. <laughs> my name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host. And guest every week, Daniel. Okay. Yes, welcome everyone to my podcast, the Reader Copy <laughs> Podcast. It was my guest here, Christopher, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, guess what I got in the mail? What'd you get? I got, I think you got too, yeah. but our badges for WonderCon. Yeah. First big con since the pandemic. That we've gone to. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Coming up at the start of April. Um, really excited. Oh, we're going to travel to LA and then finally see a big con. We've gone to small ones like yeah. we talked about. And that's just picking up comics. But this is a real show of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go down Artist Alley again. I'm excited to, you know, see all these like unique toys and stuff that you can only get at these bigger cons. And then um, sit in on some panels. I think the cool panels, like the ones with like Tice real big productions, like shows yeah. or upcoming big uh, comic book creators, you only get those at these big conventions. Right. And so that's what I'm excited about. And I like um, this WonderCon because it's in the Anaheim Convention Center. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of good talent creators like to go to this one. Because it's across the street from Disneyland. So they go to Disneyland after. You think they ever get stopped there because people recognize them? Do comic book creators, are they famous enough to like? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But I doubt it. I I think so. Too. I would maybe notice somebody, but yeah. I, it's not like I know all the comic book creators by, yeah. by face. Exactly. And I, I've seen, like, I follow them on Instagram, right? Oh, yeah. And I've seen, like, oh, they're at the con, right? And then the next day, it's all photos of Disneyland. So I don't think they're, like, being, you know, swarmed by media or anything like that. I, I don't think so, too. I think maybe, who's, like, maybe the most famous comic book creator that's good at... I mean, um, you'll get people like Kevin James going to WonderCon. Not Kevin James, Kevin Smith. They're very different. <laughs> Same size, very different personality. I'd rather meet Kevin James, honestly. <laughs> but Kevin Smith goes to WonderCon. Yeah, but he's, like, a movie director he's an actor in a few things yeah i could see him being stopped and you, mm-hmm. you can obviously tell it's him with a gigantic hockey jersey right what about if it was you don't think like a scott snyder would get recognized i think he could get recognized and maybe someone wants to take a pick but uh i think he might be maybe pretty big pretty famous mm-hmm. someone would stop and get a pick with him or i think get, have i think to... someone might get, have something signed for them already just just on the spot have something uh, they brought this possibly. i brought this batman comic book can, to disneyland you just like batman memorabilia can you sign my <laughs> backpack with a batman logo on it <laughs> here in disneyland where they have marvel exactly. marvel area <laughs> I uh, think so. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to go to Disneyland. No. I think we're going to do some other stuff too, but I'm excited for the con. Yeah. We're not taking extra time off just for that weekend for the con, but yeah. uh, we're not even going all days. We're only going Saturday, which is like the busy day. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to the crowds, shoulder to shoulder, possibly. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to be surrounded by people with no masks. No mask. And, uh, <laughs> just breathing down my face. I, mean, I think half of them will be wearing masks. It's just not covering their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> They have to get like approved by the cosplay mask. Yeah, I think so. I think they're also going to be like incredibly sweaty underneath all of them. (laughs) Jeez. That's what you always get at these. But I like WonderCon because it's definitely more comic book focused than some other comic cons. Oh, the big ones? Yeah. Yeah. So like I want to dig through some boxes. 
I think so. I think it's gonna be fun. You get more opportunity at these cons because there's just a lot more booths, so you can mm-hmm. look through a whole different, more uh, variety of comic book uh, sellers, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it's also, not too big for you, you know. I also told myself I'm done buying um, artwork really? because I don't want to have so much that I have never even put up on my wall yet. But now it's like, um, well, I have more walls now. Oh, you have more uh, real estate? <laughs> yeah. Well, you haven't even hung up the ones you have. Yeah, I know. And I might just replace them. All right. So I've never even displayed them. I bet you're just never going to put something up. I, I will. And I want to get some more pieces when we go. You have frames for the artwork too, right? Like yeah. prints, but you just don't want to put them up yet? They're framed. Um, and then just like in the closet. <laughs> I did the same thing, honestly. <laughs> it's cool collecting these these uh this artwork. It's uh it's a little bit different from the comics because you, you could just look at them more and they're not tucked away in a box. Yeah. But again, it does like mount up where you're like, man, I have all this artwork I'm leaving the con with. I don't know if I really want all of it. And like, it's kind of like it. a hassle to travel with it. Oh, true. Because you don't want it to get damaged. So it, it can be like super big because it has to fit in like the hard luggage suitcase. Right, right, right. So, um, I, I'm probably going to come home with some, but I, I'm going to try to limit it. Yeah, trying to temper that. Because we, we we did that for like a stretch where we would just collect all this artwork. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I don't know if I liked all this stuff at the end of it. Yeah, because way more than we expected. Each booth would be like, oh man, you get like three for the price of two. I'm like, well, now I have to buy three. <laughs> It's a deal. It's a deal. <laughs> I'd be stupid thinking. not to. If you think about it. I'll pick uh, this other one I don't really want that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for that. That's um, first weekend of April. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll be doing some other stuff at Anaheim. And at that time, also, um, Moon Knight will have been released. Right, right. Oscar Isaac's getting his first big break. <laughs> finally, finally, he's doing some kind of like sci-fi thing. Something kind of, yeah, yeah. Disney finally sees something in him. <laughs> I... I've heard this rumor because of the way they're marketing it. Okay. It says, um, Moon Knight, I don't know the exact verbiage, but it's something like this. Moon Knight, a six episode series event streaming March 30th. So it doesn't say like first episode drops March 30th. So there's rumors they're testing out a Netflix style of just dumping all the episodes that day. Okay. Well, nothing is confirmed, but that's a rumor. I kind of doubt that's going to happen. I think the typical once a week format they've mm-hmm. been doing recently on Disney Plus, Yeah, it's uh, keeping a buzz for their shows. Everyone's like, yeah. it's back to uh, water cooler, mm-hmm. uh, you know, watching television, you know. Yeah. If, if you could talk about a show for six weeks compared to like maybe half that time. One big spurt. Yeah. I, I think it's better for them. Yeah, I think so. Especially when you have these shows that have like a big mystery around them, right? Yeah. Like like Loki and yeah. whatever this is. Like people don't know what Moon Knight kind of is. So mm-hmm. people are curious about what Khonshu is. Yeah. I could see that being stretched out. All the fandoms, all the podcasts talking about this. <laughs> yes, I doubt it is, but it just seems weird that they're saying it like that. Yeah. I think they're just trying to, you know, bolster up the, the show make it sound like it's a big event it's yeah a, like this is a movie for your uh, like for your tv world premiere you know yeah. big thing a big event i think they do have like red carpets for these and stuff like that really yeah that's funny i don't know what they watch they watch like the first episode maybe yeah i could believe that they don't just stream the whole thing no they don't sit there for six hours <laughs> Well, if they did, if they did release it, we'd be doing that. We'd be watching it straight <laughs> for six hours. We'd have to do a podcast for yeah. each episode. <laughs> we just do one reader copy recap episode that's like three hours long. Yeah, it's going to be as long as the show itself. 
Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for WonderCon, and I'm excited for the news today. But why don't you explain how the show works first? Here at the Reader Copy Podcast, we have three different parts. First up, we'll run down the comic book news that came in this week. In the middle, we'll talk about a comic book. This time, it's called The Max. At the end, we'll talk about our side stories where we talk about we've been watching, reading, any entertainment we've taken in this week. All right, let's get into the comic book news. Now, you're really excited for Moon Knight, like you said. Yes. I'm kind of more excited about the following uh, Disney Plus Marvel series, which they dropped the trailer for, Miss Marvel. Really? You are? After the trailer? I think so. I think I like these funner ones more. Lighter ones? Yeah. Like, I think I, I liked um, Falcon Winter Soldier more than the average person, and I liked Hawkeye a lot. I'm not saying they're better than the other ones, but I think I just look forward to them more. These, like, funnier... Especially this one, it looks like it's focused on, like, a high school girl right maybe has like that um feeling of of i don't know breakfast club or or super bad or book smart or something like that those kind of movies awkward teen kind of thing um but modern yeah i i like those coming of age movies yeah so i think i i'm gonna like miss marvel a lot interesting okay i like those heavy ones the low keys (laughs) in the one divisions of the world but Mm -hmm. this one You'd like it more, really. I think so. Just because of the uh, more relatable feel of it, I guess? Yeah. I mean, um, from the trailer, I like the music. Oh, uh, Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I like the um, poppiness of it. Like there's like animations on top of the trailer. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like comic books. It's like the onomatopoeia inside the comic books, right? Yeah. And it's, it's almost like end credits of a Spider-Man movie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. And um, yeah, it's a new actress. I've never seen her in anything. Iman Vellani. Mm-hmm. I I think she's really funny in the trailer already. I think so. And um, I... I don't know what the villain is or anything, if there is one. There's like uh, possibly two villains that kind of, it looks like two groups in it, right? Uh, yeah, I don't even know. It seems like I didn't catch that. There was, I guess, like cops or something or like some type of government organization after her. Okay. And then four characters cloaked in the shadows that mm. I don't know if they're antagonistic or villains or not, but mm, okay. maybe it's just a coming of age story and there's no villain. It's just, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, just I, just I a character learning okay about superpowers. That. Yeah. I would totally be okay with that. Yeah. But just like us, she is like a super like Marvel fan already. Super nerd. Uh, she's going to wear cosplay to a convention. <laughs> Sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. Well, I've never actually put on cosplay, but conventions I'm familiar with. Right? Yeah. And she's like wearing like Avengers shirts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I totally get that. And then the big thing here is they, I believe they changed like her power set or like how it gets to her like exactly what it is. It's not exactly from the comic books. I think so. Some type of origin of how she got it or why she's imbued with this power. Originally, mm. it's the Terrigen Mist. She's an inhuman yeah. and gets transformed through that, warping her genetics, I guess, and becomes inhuman. Yes. Um, but in the MCU, that's a bad term. We don't use that term. It's inhumane to use that term. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bugaboo of Kevin Feige. <laughs> Marvel television never worked for him. <laughs> So her powers are more cosmic. I think it's still like, because in her powers is like in beginning, like she can make her limbs bigger and right. stuff, right? Yeah. So it still kind of looks like that. Like she could throw a punch and it's a giant fist. Right. But it's more along the lines of like a green lantern or something. It, it's because it's not her actual fist getting bigger. It's like a hard light. Yeah. That like punches a big fist type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that seems like it's warping the character a little bit too much. It kind of takes away from that fun of her 
when she's like stretching because because the thing is that she's like a teenager coming into her body and learning that she has superpowers in, yeah. in this other like different way right learning about her body yeah it it's a body dysmorphia that they're not adding in the show okay that is kind of taken away from the fun of the the, comic, the comic book like you just like that freak of nature kind of thing <laughs> I, I don't know it's kind of funny to me like she thinks of herself as a monster when she can grow a gigantic hand yeah right mm-hmm. here it's just the power here she's a like uber mega fan of of, of Captain Marvel. Yes, that's right. right. So I think her powers kind of align more to Captain Marvel that we have in the um, in the MCU, whose powers are also different than how she got in the comics. Oh, really? I guess I never knew the Cara Danvers, how she got her power. Was it from uh, like a blood transfer with the other Captain Marvel? I don't, I don't know exactly either, but it's, it's different. It's related to the original Captain Marvel. Right. Um, not an engine. <laughs> okay. Um, but... I think um, Kamala, she, uh, is it Kamala? I think that's how she pronounced it. I think Kamala is wrong. I yeah. think it's Kamala. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong each time. Like, Whatever I say, it's going to be the opposite of the right one. I think the idea is you don't just go past a speed bump. You roll over it. Kamala, not Kamala. Okay. I'm going to have to watch the trailer again. Yes. Yes. Um, you don't want to sound like that ditzy white girl. She finds um, these, look like bracelets or something, right? And that's the source of her powers it looks like. I'm guessing these are the Negabands that the original Captain Marvel had. Is, is it Captain Marvel or Quasar? It's like some, uh, one of these cosmic, super-powered Marvel characters. Original Captain Marvel had them, and I think they ended up with Quasar. I see, okay. Yeah, but in, in the issue that we did, uh, Death of Captain Marvel, kind of explains those bands, the Negabands, a little bit more. Oh, right, okay. But they were never in the MCU. Brie Larson never had them. So now I'm wondering how they end up, if these are them, if they, how they end up with... Kamala, Kamala. There you Khan. go. <laughs> I think it's like a, it skipped a generation. Maybe there was a Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers. Oh, okay. And, um, or just, you know, Captain Marvel type. And then mm. she, that ca- character had the bands and somehow they ended up in Kamala's like attic where she found them, right? <laughs> sure. Because I mean, they came from somewhere. Yeah. Um, they have some type of cosmic origin, possibly like the Ten Rings, some type of weird yes. ancient, uh, you know, space weaponry. Yeah. I also heard rumors that maybe um, they're a creation of Fastos. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's an idea. You think all of them could be? They were just Like maybe the Ten Rings and these Nega Bands are creations of Fastos. That could work. Okay. Yeah. And maybe even, um, I don't know, maybe even the uh, Ebony Blade. Oh, Yeah, but wow. that, that seems like it, it doesn't fit. But Maybe he's different, you know, he made it a different time and so yeah. a different style. He is, he is his own era. He yeah. likes bracelets. He likes bracelets. <laughs> that's more his style. He, he likes jewelry that has powers. Cool. Because, <laughs> you know, he's always waving his hands. You could see the jewelry on him. But it makes sense. Um, but we also did get it to, like, she's she's a minority. She's a Pakistani. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a story, uh, part of the, her story in the comics and in this, that she's living in, like, Jersey, right? So yeah. then she has to navigate these waters as a teenager, uh, as a minority. And maybe in comics, we haven't gotten too much of that until kind of the Miss Marvel comic book as far as, like... Yeah, definitely. Uh, stories that we don't get all the time. Yeah. It's a lot of it is, like, it's uh, white stories and uh, black stories, but not the other minority sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so I think this is going to attract a wider audience. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. 
Do you think this is any part of like some kind of Young Avengers thing? I think so. I mean, they've just introduced so many already uh-huh. into the world that they've, are they just teasing us with not having a Young Avengers, but the Young Avengers characters, uh, Kate Bishop, um, the soldier boy. <laughs> who is <this? laughs> Soldier boy. Yeah. Soldier boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, little Bow Wow. Little Bow Wow. Um, there you go. Who else is there? <laughs> What's that character? I don't know. I forgot his name. Hurricane Chris. There's so many. Right. They're all in the Young Avengers. <laughs> Um, you know they're they're in the MCU, right? <laughs> We've seen them. Uh, yes, uh, they're all <laughs> Kate Bishop, <laughs> Soldier Boy. <laughs> uh, I th- it all works out. I think I think they're teasing a Young Avengers movie coming up. We know Little Bow Wow drives uh, Incredible Hulk van. That's right. So. <laughs> That's his power. That's so funny. If you just see like the Young Avengers lineup, like like they're posing like the Avengers, and in there is Soldier Boy with his with his white tee done to his ankles. Drake stole my flow. Drake, so good. I do think they're gonna eventually lead to Young Avengers. They're introducing all these characters who are in them in that team, but I think we're still pretty far away from it. You think so? Yeah, they're they're working with a lot of different possible groups, like the next the next boy band they're putting together. There's like mm-hmm. these uh, Midnight Suns happening over here. Eternals is already a group, yeah, you know, innate, and then these Young Avengers. I guess the only thing to beat Avengers is more teams, more than one team at a time going on and making their own movies. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I think Kevin Feige said they're probably done making Avengers movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then even Benedict Cumberbatch said Doctor Strange is not an Avenger. Like he's never was never was like inducted into that team. Oh. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, he just happened to be there when Infinity War happened. <laughs> At the end game, he wasn't playing with everybody. He was just taking care of this big uh, tornado or yes. was it waterfall coming at us? He was not in the mix at all. Yeah. He would just fix everything. He had to lift his index finger to tell Tony Stark. Right. That's so, that's the one thing he had to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's like, he's waving his finger. He's like, nope, uh, I don't uh, want to uh, be an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of us is going to make it. Okay. <laughs> me or you? He's like pointing like, me or you? <laughs> They need me. <laughs> I've, I've got some movies signed up for, so, you know. Speaking of a young team, the young teen team that everyone is in love with is the cast of Euphoria. I guess. That was a stretch. But yes, That's Euphoria, the team I care about. Euphoria is a, is a popular show right now, Killing the Game in, on HBO. It's the second most viewed show behind Game of Thrones on HBO. On HBO, yeah. Yeah, that's big. That's, like, they beat, like, Sopranos and Entourage and Sex in the City. The Wire. The Wire. <laughs> you just threw Sex in the City in there. Is Sex in the City? Sex, H- yeah, the City is huge. Is that an HBO show, like originally? Yes. Oh, I thought it's more on like the one of the other channels, and then it made its way to HBO. Uh, no, it is the, one of the biggest big. shows. That's oh. a that's a super team. Marvel yeah. should should buy those characters. <laughs> <laughs> that team will never die. Um, but one of the cast of Euphoria, what's her name? Sydney Sweeney. She is now joining Dakota Johnson in that Madame Webb movie that I can't believe Sony's making. If they are, because it's still like, like in latest news, who asked for this? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Who cares? A Madame Webb movie. They, they're just 
trying Sony's trying you know they don't know what to do they, yeah they have to connect these somehow so I think this is the this is their flash if you will oh okay flash character to this is their um what's the, Nick Fury Nick, oh yeah <laughs> they, well they are calling uh, Madam Web the Doctor Strange of the Spider-Man world okay. which well we have a Doctor Strange <laughs> <laughs> right he kind of did something with Spider-Man recently they hung out so if, if you can't remember it still uh, happened yeah <laughs> I was kind of surprised that Dakota Johnson's going to play her. I was, okay, I was yeah. expecting someone, you know, I, I see Madame Webb as an older, elderly woman. Yes. And uh, apparently her thing is like she's in this life support system with all these wires and things that, that it looks like a web to keep her alive. And that's where she's like kind of at the whole time? That's where her physical body is. Okay. And, and she's a character with like clairvoyant powers. Mm-hmm. So she can also communicate with characters with her brain also. Across the Spider-Verse. Right. And like talking to Spider-Man. Yeah. In a, in Spider-Realm, wherever the heck she's <laughs> hanging out in. In the cartoon, she had to recruit a bunch of different Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And um, that was just a cool way to get different costumes. Really? Just to show off to sell toys? Yeah. Because, man, I bought them. All right. <laughs> Awesome. But who is this um, Sweeney going to be playing? I have no idea. I mean, are there, there are obviously female spider characters. But I don't know if she fits for kind of any of them. Um, yeah. Silk? She's not Asian. No. In my head, is there a Spider-Man character that's just constantly crying? Because that's <laughs> who I see when I think of this actress. That, that's her character on Euphoria. Is that what she's like in White Lotus also? No. In White Lotus, she's almost like um, closed off, like aloof. Like, I don't even care. Like, you're on this fantastic vacation and she's like, leave me alone kind of thing. Oh, lame. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I if she's playing these very different characters, the, is she a good actress then? Does she I have the chops? she's a pretty good actress, but she's always playing from what I've seen not like a, a lead you know what I mean I, I don't know she is uh, like becoming a rising star mm-hmm. as, a, as an actress yeah um, so we don't really know if this is the lead role or secondary role in this Madam Web thing or is this but it is a movie it's not a TV show yeah and I I know Madam Web is like paralyzed okay right so how she can't get around so maybe <laughs> Sweeney is the one that's gonna be like moving around <laughs> The one actually talking to people, going around yeah. recruiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think um, I think there is like a niece character, or something related to yeah. Madame Web that mm-hmm. she could be playing. Yeah, and could be you know her avatar in the real world that she does communicate with. Maybe uh, Sydney Sweeney's character thinks that she's going insane a bit, talking to her in her head or whatever like that. Maybe yeah, but then she has to maybe recruit Spider Man somehow, right? Yeah, um, we already have two Euphoria. Actors oh, yeah. in Spider-Man roles, so I figured let's just do the whole cast. We have three because <laughs> Tom Holland was in, in sure. the background of Euphoria. Uh, I've yet to see that. Makes um, sense. I will. Let's just cast the whole, all of them, and uh, I try to do this in my head as Spider-Man characters. As Spider-Man characters, okay. So um, I think his name is. Jacob Lordy. He the, plays Nate Jacobs. Bully. The bully. Well, I have an idea for him. Okay. Well, is it characters that we haven't... No, just do... Yeah, he would probably be Flash Thompson. Yeah, the right? Venom one. The Okay, but also in high school, he's the bully. I mean, he's already the bully in Euphoria. Yeah, but I'm going to say like, uh, you're, we're, we're making a Euphoria Spider-Verse movie. Okay. With these characters. So like, you can't... You need a hero. 
You need to hear. I okay. For for each of them, they get their own movies. What you're saying? Sure. Or they cross over every now and then. All right. Well, okay. So Mary Jane is already Zendaya. Yeah. That's okay. Okay, you go. Um. So Sweeney, right? Yeah. You don't think she could play like a black cat? That's my my one thing where she could totally play that character, like Mm -hmm. that. The sexy thief character. Yeah. Right. I think Felicity Jones never seemed like a Felicia Hardy. No, she didn't get there. In right. Those, if you want to call them amazing Spider-Man movies. <laughs> She's a great actress. It just did not, she didn't fit for that role. I liked her as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Yeah. 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 I've never I like seen that, that one. Um, what about the um, Angus Cloud? He plays Fezco. Oh, wow. Angus Cloud. Um, I could see him working at the Daily Bugle. <laughs> Really? What do you think? Can I you... want to see him like as a hobgoblin or something. Oh, really? Okay, hobgoblin. He's kind of he's not the green goblin like uh, richity rich mm-hmm. guy. He's kind of just a um, a guy kind of out for money at the start. Hobgoblin, right? Yeah. So I could see that if he's kind of working himself up from a drug dealer to uh, you know a criminal just out for money. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What What's her face? Um, Jules. Can she play Gwen Stacy? I mean, she could, but I feel like um, she has like the attitude more of like an MJ. I think. Yeah, actually, that's kind of true. I think maybe Zendaya has more of the attitude as a uh, as a Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, maybe the characters on Euphoria is what I'm talking about yeah. specifically. Yeah, yeah. I just wish there was more Euphoria. All right, you just love that show. <laughs> are you excited for a Madame Web movie? Like, are you excited about the potential it could bring as a like a connecting movie? Yeah, I think that idea is pretty awesome. After we've had like other Spider Man movie, like uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine or okay. Miles Morales, yeah, and then her character down the road, three, four movies down the road. Not now. The thing is, like, it seems weird. We've already have multiple Spider Man in one movie, so it's like it's possible without her. Yeah. Why do we need a back? track and make uh, a movie with her it seems um seems unnecessary unless there's already a lot of spider-man in her movie (laughs) okay i i think the idea is that what uh they did in no way home broke uh did a cataclysmic break of all realities and so (laughs) she needs to call the spider-man to uh, fix it, you know, put a band-aid on it. Okay, I guess. Which, uh, it sounds like they're doing the DC format where they're doing the group thing now and then making individual Spider-Man moves, Ooh, if yeah. they are. And that totally worked. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think they should do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't know much about this movie and maybe that's why I, I think it's a bad idea. But, I mean, I could be convinced. I'm just not yet convinced. Yeah. Um, we don't know who's, what a Sydney Sweeney is doing. And no. Dakota Johnson seemed like a weird cast. Yeah, it seems like should she be older. older. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, like they said. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. She already looks crazy in those Netflix shows. What Netflix shows? Netflix movies. Was it Unforgivable, Bird Box? She's made a okay. bunch of these Netflix oh, movies. You know, in Bird Box, she wears a blindfold already. Right. There you go. You're halfway there. Is that it? Is that what everyone put the connection? <laughs> Probably. Okay. You know who else has a blindfold? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie Cox, in the early seasons of Daredevil, when he didn't have his costume yet, he just covered his face with like a bandana. That's right. But we don't have to talk about that anymore because Netflix, uh, Marvel's totally done and we're never getting any more of it. Until it's on Disney Plus, which it already is. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So speaking of Spider-Man, Charlie Cox appeared in Spider-Man as Daredevil, right? As Charlie Cox. Oh, he was just Charlie Cox. As uh, (laughs) Matt Murdock. As Matt Murdock. (laughs) So um, 
We know Daredevil. That's obviously Daredevil. He caught the brick without looking. Yeah. It's in the MCU, right? And it's Charlie Cox. Yes. But is it the Netflix Charlie Cox? <laughs> Netflix Matt Murdock. Yeah. Um, I, my initial reaction was, oh, it's, it's cool. They're just looping in these characters and adding them in there. Do you think that's going on or? Yeah. Cause at first I was like, yeah. And then they kind of reinforced that when they put all those shows onto Disney plus, I'm like, okay, they're just continuing them. Now reports are they're not continuing with that storyline and that though it is the same actor, this is a fresh reboot and it's just like, a, you know, like they're variants of each other. I see. Okay. And we've seen that before, uh, a Loki that looks like uh, Tom Hiddleston of a different world. Yeah. So uh, I guess they might need to do this since Netflix was R, like the Netflix Marvel shows sure. are pretty graphic. Maybe right. they need to change the flavor of these. If, is it going to be shows? Is it going to be movies? I'm not entirely sure yet either. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do. Uh, the rumor is whatever they're going to do, develop, it's going to be a reboot, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a way for them to say, yes, Charlie Cox is our daredevil, but the other three are not our characters. Oh, dang. Just because they oh, they, they, they existed in that world, but not this one. Yeah, the, the Netflix universe was its own and um, those characters don't exist in this universe. That honestly sounds Yet. super clean to me, but yeah. I'm not super happy about it. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted them to give a go at those characters. Yeah. At and least I, Jessica Jones. and Daredevil was the best out of all of them. Right. So if they just continued that, I would have been happy with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Obviously, Vincent D'Onofrio is the MCU's kingpin also. Right, right. Um, but I guess there are certain things you have to take if you were to go that route of continuing. You'd have to take John Bernthal is the Punisher. He appeared in that. And, and all of them, because they're in the Defenders, right? Yeah. Um, but maybe they don't want to take all of it. So by saying it's a reboot, they can pick and choose. Just the the main uh, hero and villain for yeah. that. Okay. Are you disappointed? Mainly by the John Bernthal thing, because I also, that thing about the rating, the, the, I think they don't want to go that graphic with that character either mm -hmm. and it makes sense to get get rid of john bernthal I, don't, I think he might not be down for that the way that charlie cox is you know what i'm saying yeah but what if it was a movie all oh, right there's money behind it because i think they'll make r-rated movies oh they would they're, they're making deadpool 3 that's true interesting i don't know i don't know i don't know if they are though it's just punishers on a different level you know yeah. daredevil is wearing a costume and it's x-men yeah. you know things like that I believe you can make a PG-13 Daredevil. I don't think you can make a good PG-13 Punisher. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Those are like some of the most graphic comic books. Yeah. With like real life stuff. It's not people dressed in... It has to be rated R just for the language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... It gets pretty graphic. I, I think even the the show, the current show on what was on Netflix didn't mm -hmm. go to as far lengths as the comics did. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? Mm -hmm. So th there's a lot of more graphic work there. Um, the Netflix series, each season got into, um, I'd say like at least double digit episodes. But oh, yeah. it seems like the Disney method is only about six episodes, six to eight, maybe. If their shows are just limited series. Yeah. Do you feel like that's a better formula? It's uh, working for them so far as far as keeping everyone's attention uh-huh so um i think i think it also lends them to make more series actually okay like more, yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah. they've they could fit more they could fit more yeah and uh i think daredevil we've already had like a, a good amount of series of him already uh, mm -hmm. a season so maybe they will do that 
Would you prefer just a movie? I think I would. I want to see a Daredevil movie I like. <laughs> You know, uh, just because we've we've had a show already, and I think uh, Daredevil deserves a, a movie of of grandeur. You know, yeah, he does. And I think honestly, with the success of the Batman, right, which feels like Netflix Daredevil almost at some points, the, the yeah. rain alleyways, yeah. The, yeah. I would, I could see them just making a uh, make a three hour Daredevil movie. <laughs> you get Matt Reeves to do it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I would like them to reboot it because there's some things I would change if if given the opportunity. Oh really? I would say uh, change his costume. Well, is it the weird helmet that's throwing you off? A little bit, and it's a little bit too militaristic looking. Like oh, it's like armor padded armor. Where I wish it was sleeker. Spandex. I wish it was yellow. All right, <laughs> orange. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I would change his costume, like 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 a like a Spider Man, like Spider Man. Really, I think it's hits such a darker tone that like yeah, there's ways you can go with Daredevil. It's yeah, it's kind of like Batman in a way where he has like the 1950s Batman and then you know uh, Dark Knight Batman full, yeah, full, full dread. Costume, yeah, so I think they were going for the darker tone of Daredevil and yeah. more practical. <laughs> Yeah, but um, what about like a Deadpool style costume where it's, you know, it is skin tight, but not spandex. Okay. I, w- I wonder if they would go that route with like the animation in the eyes to mm-hmm. make him emote more. Yeah. Or would that take away from the... Uh... Well, I like how um, his eyes don't move because he doesn't need them to move because yeah. he's blind. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> when do you think we'll see him again? Because I think we'll see him again before his own series. Um, I think... What else is there? You think I think you think he's just gonna show up in end credits? You already saw him in his full glory in uh, Spider Man's kitchen. <laughs> you know, I, I, we can see him in a costume. What about? At some yeah, point. I would love to see him in costume already. But what about like a She Hulk? Oh, I see. Okay, because the connection with the lawyer thing mm-hmm. that makes sense. Maybe he's uh, they're they're against each other on a case. Possibly that could work out. Yeah, right. Or just old passing in, in a courtroom at some point. Or mm-hmm. they both want to take a case that's involving a superhero. Yeah, right. Because it sounds like he was actively seeking that role for Peter Parker. Peter Parker. So, yeah, I assume we're going to have some type of superpower characters as, as like the, the plaintiff or the defendant. Yeah. And so that could rise up uh, Matt's attention also. Yeah, I, I hope that's what that shows. Like I hope I also heard that shows a little bit more on the comedic side. Oh yeah. So I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Charlie Cox in that show. Yeah, maybe they they want to go with a lighter tone with Matt Murdock because sometimes he can be kind of the sleek, funny guy that's mm-hmm. debonair, not yeah. so much a dread. A little past the the Frank Miller version. Right, yes. The the Mark Wade like mm-hmm. kind of like retro in a way. Yeah. Right. So maybe they'll go that route with this iteration of Matt Murdock. Do you want all the supporting actors back? Right. I, I was wondering about that. Um the uh, uh Foggy Nelson, right? And then Would it be uh, weird to recast all of them? Like one of them? Like it's a uh, Fresh Prince, like <laughs> the yeah. Unviv characters. Just don't replaced. ask, don't tell. It's weird. It, <laughs> it would. I, I think they're gonna get all of them back. I think they can get all of them back. I think they can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're busy. <laughs> <laughs> I totally think they would, they would sign up for it again. So I think we'll get everybody. Yeah. It's just, I think the, the, the storylines will be a bit different. Mm-hmm. My guess is we'll get this, if it's a series and they're starting development now, maybe like next year. Next year already? My guess. Yeah. Wow. 
because um, I'm thinking about the slate of Marvel series that are for sure happening, and I can't think of much left because it's like Secret Invasion, um, and I think there's like a, a, a Dora Milaje one. Armor Wars? Armor Wars and Ironheart. Ironheart, yeah, those, right. yeah. So uh, you could still fit a Daredevil. Somewhere in the mix. Yeah. Is Echo getting her show? Uh, just make that a Daredevil show. That is a Daredevil show, right? Like, I think it's that's just, it. <laughs> they're just lying. It's... That was a rumor too, yeah. That yeah. She wasn't really getting her own show. I think it, it it was not a hit. Her character in the in uh, Hawkeye, I think. So yeah, yeah, not really. So <laughs> Wait, would they give her a whole show after that? Uh, yeah. Fight tell ya. <laughs> All right. Last on the news, you brought up Mark Wade and his yeah. Daredevil run. He also did a book called Irredeemable, which I really liked. I loved it. Yeah. And then um, he also did a follow up called Incorruptible. Right. I haven't read that one yet. Okay. Uh, do you want to give me the premise of Irredeemable? So the idea is they have a, a world of superheroes when their Superman, mm-hmm. Superman type character, basically turns evil and decides to rule everybody. Yes. And all the other heroes are trying to fight him and stop him from doing that. Yeah. So it's like the rest of the Justice League tries to defeat Superman. And um, spoiler alert, they're kind of like no match, right? Yeah. Like the rest of the world of superheroes yeah. cannot take him out. No, like Superman is the god basically and he i think he sees himself that way yeah so that's like i i should be ruling you yeah. basically is in his thoughts so when i first read irredeemable i really like this idea of like this evil superman and then now i feel like every other comic book is evil <laughs> superman i'm wondering if we that's just the first one we came across and it's just a trend you're like yeah probably. i'm sure superman has done it in the 80s or whatever yeah but like the boys yeah. And all this other stuff, um, Invincible. Invincible, right? It's Correct. getting a little heavy-handed with it, but I am excited for Irredeemable <laughs> because it's being um, adapted for Netflix. Very fun. Okay. I'm excited about this because I love the comic book. Like I said, I think Mark Wade's a good writer, so there's great content to mine there from the from the beginning. Yeah. I, it's kind of like, again, Invincible or The Boys where they have different variations of these comic book stereotypes, like yeah. archetypes of characters. We're going to get more of that. Um, but I thought it was well put together. So I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the show. Is it animated or a live action? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it'll be live action. Um, but what I liked about it was, yes, the Superman character um, went evil, but you're really following the rest of the other heroes and their struggle to defeat him. And um, spoiler alert, like they, they are no match and he, he like kills some of them. Yeah. 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 So don't get too attached is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it sounds like they were trying to make this in the past mm-hmm. um, with Adam McKay directing it for 20th Century Fox. But okay. Disney bought that company. Yeah. And then they're like, we don't, we don't want to do a Superman. We don't do superhero comic books. Yeah. <laughs> we have enough. <laughs> so I'm glad it's going to Netflix. I like Netflix. Um, when they adapt to comic book stuff, I'm really excited for another season of Umbrella Academy. Yes. I need to catch up on Lock and Key, which I really liked. Um, Jupiter's Legacy happened. We watched it. We had a whole show on it. <laughs> Listen to our podcast about that to get our take on it. Yeah. And it, honestly, like parts of it were pretty good. And yeah. the rest of it was not. Not pulling me in. No. Um, but I think what they're doing with Irredeemable and Incorruptible is they're taking both of those comic book storylines and fitting both into the one movie. That's interesting. Because Incorruptible, the storyline is, there's a villain trying to be a hero. Yeah. Max Damage is his name. <laughs> Good name. It's pretty cool. 
But uh, matching that together, that that just makes sense. You know, the the lowly villain who came to light and is trying to be hero. Yeah, is coming against the superpowered god, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the mystery of the whole book is like, why did he just flip all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. Which I don't even know the answer to that because I, I didn't finish the book. <laughs> well, I didn't continue reading past a certain point. Yeah, you stopped this. I think it was a long time ago when I read it, so I yeah. can't tell you right now. But mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, I really liked what I read, so I'm gonna probably finish it before the the movie comes out but i'm excited for the movie we gotta do it for the podcast at a certain point maybe when it comes out yeah both of them right yeah yeah i really like some of the the other heroes in the book like they're the best part of the book yeah because you're following them basically right yeah yeah and you they have some very clever powers that is not just a copy of like uh another superhero team i, I don't remember that that well okay yeah. there's That's one funny. pairing that i really thought was like this is really cool really yeah. <laughs> i forgot I remember, like, listen to this Superman's thoughts. Yeah. Like, oh, he kind of has a point. He kind of sees these people <laughs> as ants. He he can't relate to them at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Maybe I'm on your side. <laughs> I think I might be correct, but um, Smallville. Oh, this right. was the twist on Smallville. Was he was sent here to rule them, rule Earth. Wow. But then he was brought up by the Kents, so he, he had different values. Oh, wow. That's the like the end of Smallville? Well, no, that was like in the beginning when he found a ship. And, oh. Uh, he was hearing the voice of his real dad, uh, Jor-El, and he, Jor-El was saying like, you're going to be like a god to them. You'll, you'll rule them. Oh, wow. And that's why he sent him here, because he could do that. It sounds just like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> that's exactly what that story was. His level was over 9,000, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know when this um, Irredeemable, Incorruptible, whatever they, they're going to title it comes out. It's just announced, so. Yeah, but I mean, I love Mark Wade's comic books, so I'm probably going to like his adaptation of a movie. I'm excited. One thing I notice is it's also being produced by Jay-Z. Oh, then it's going to be a smash. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's out of nowhere. <laughs> Mark Wade and Jay-Z, do they hang out? Yeah. Oh, they, he's um, Mark Wade is Jay-Z's ghostwriter. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> Jay-Z writes Mark Wade's comic books. <laughs> oh, man. If I ever meet Mark Wade, I'm going to ask him how Jay-Z is. <laughs> Hova. <laughs> All right. That's it for the comic book news. Um, if you haven't already, please do not forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all those social medias, at the Reader Copy Podcast. All right. Um, let's jump into Time Machine and head to the 90s with The Max. The Max is a comic book that I've kind of always seen on the shelves. Oh, yeah? But I never knew what it was about. Back in the day. Even now, after reading it, I still kind of don't know what it's about. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it's a 90s comic book. That I know. And um, I did like how he looked, the character The Max with two X's. Right. Like a big, hulking, kind of hunched over character. Did you know anything about him? Did you read this book before? I've just, um, uh, I haven't read it before, but I've heard good things about it from, I guess, comic book YouTubers. Okay. And talk about uh, The Max and how interesting it was. It was created by writer-artist Sam Keith. Mm -hmm. Um, He was working with like Marvel at the time. He has a very like unique art style. I would call it surreal grittiness. I think it's like both unique and also very 
of the 90s style though yeah where it's like there's a lot of tropes of the 90s that he took in like big mm. capes and things like yeah. that everyone's super jacked right but i guess maybe the subject matter or his characters make it look it he makes it his own yeah because yes it does look 90s but i could tell his versus like a McFarlane or a Jim Lee or something like that. It's mixed in with cartooniness, like right, like the funnies in the newspapers, like that exactly, type of artwork. Yeah. yeah. Now um, he was working at Marvel. He was doing like Wolverine stuff like that. Yeah. And then he left to join um, Image Comics. Oh. So he's part of like the second generation of artists in Image. So like. You know, this is the original seven. I would say he's part of the next group that followed. Next generation, maybe? Yeah. Okay. The, so, the ones that get no percentage of the ownership. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, who's the original seven? Like, um, Todd McFarlane, uh, Todd, Rob Liefeld. Jim Lee, uh, Sylvestri. Yeah. So, they had their own comics, right? They were doing, like, Spawn, of course, and Wildstorm, and... Just mash any two words together, and you yeah. got to hear yourself image comic. <laughs> yeah. Blood sport. Yeah. Um... Hard hitters, whatever. <laughs> Maximum damage. <laughs> so he was part of the second wave, but he was an artist, right? Okay. So he wanted to develop the story. The big, grander story was his idea, but to actually script it, he hired um, William Mesner Lobes. So he's actually writing the words down because I don't think he trusted his own writing yet, but... The you know the story and the idea was um, Sam Keith's. I see the story. Let's say the storyboard or whatever. But. Right. Yeah. And where he wanted it to take this story eventually, but bubble for bubble, he didn't write it. Mesner Loeb did. Yes. I see. Um, Sam Keith. A little bit about him. In 2013, he won the Inkblot Award in San Diego Comic Con. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So he's definitely influential in in the comic book industry. Yeah, I think so. And uh, kind of like a fun fact about him. He met his future wife when he was 15, and she was 35. Wow. So, nice. <laughs> <laughs> as long as future wife. Not yeah, yeah. Time. I think it'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the Max, if, if you haven't read it. That's such a weird thing, considering this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The Max is of its time. Yeah, right. Very, right. well, the 90s was dark was the thing. Yeah. Dark Knight was killing it. And I was, whenever I saw the Max, the comic on the covers and on the books, I was like, okay, it's like another superhero. It's like another Spawn or something like that, right? Right. But when you actually dig into it, it's it's more, um, what's the right word? Uh, it's more of just like an analogy of, of what's really happening. Right. It's very... Um I'd say it's mature content. Yeah, and it's just service level of what you're seeing. The the true story is underneath the cover. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Behind the cover. Yeah. You actually have to turn the pages to see the story. I see it's in the between the front and back covers the story. <laughs> Did you wow. know that? You have to read the words. You could open it. <laughs> So the version we're reading, yeah, though it was an Image comic originally, I think um, the re version we're reading is from IDW from, I think it's 2013, where they uh, took all the collections and then volumized them into trades. Okay. And they like remastered it. Like, yeah. I think, so I think they recolored more, it. Looks more colorful now and sharper and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, we're doing looks the great. first, I believe the first four issues, mm-hmm. and it, it's titled Maximized. Very cool. Okay. And uh, we should say it's, like we said, it's kind of mature content. It's very, yeah. it's explicit, be warned kind of thing. Yeah. It's things you could get away with in the 90s, maybe not now. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, it starts off very like dark city, rainy night. Yeah. You know. In an alleyway. Talking to myself. You know, right. I'm brooding. <laughs> this guy's literally in a cardboard box right now as the rain uh, hits the, his roof, the top of his cardboard box. <laughs> and then there's this like, um, I don't know if she's like a party girl, socialite, whatever. She's in a taxi, but the taxi is like lost. So she's like, I'm just going to get out, forget it. Right. Yeah. But this is all part of like a con that the taxi driver has with like these goons in an alley. These, these vagrants, this big buff guy. And then this like squirmy little other criminal. These two are in cahoots with the cab driver to take out, um, beautiful women, like to steal from them and also do more explicit things to them. Yeah. Right. So she's like left in the dark there and they, they grab her. Right. And they've done this before. Yes. And out of nowhere, uh, we see coming out of the cardboard box, you would think it's like a homeless person, but it is the superhero, the Max. Yes. Right. He's like big purple muscular guy. He has these yellow, like almost like gloves, but they're almost like bleeding to his part, rest of his costume. Yeah. And like these giant like spikes coming out of his hands, like Wolverine almost. He's got these huge buck teeth, like this top row of his teeth are sticking out of his mask. Like it's, it's like his teeth are further down than his chin, right? They're huge. <laughs> yeah. It's unrealistic. Like he's going to bite your head off. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's hunched over heavily. I think of his shape as like Blanca from Street Fighter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is like super muscular guy, but like kind of in a ball shape, uh, right? <laughs> a gorilla almost, right? Yeah. And he's approaching these thugs and he's beating them up now and is going to save the girl. But save the day. Yeah. Now he's beat up the guys and the cops show up, right? And the the woman is like, thank God you're here. Uh, you're here to save me. But they're not here to save her necessarily. They're here to arrest the, the Max. Right. The Max and this other criminal trying to take over the girl. And so they round up those two and the girls thinking, oh, are the cops here to save me too? When there's another figure cloaked in shadow, um, takes the pounce on her now. It's a totally different character. Yeah. That uh, takes her out of the picture. And it's alluded to like, you know, he like abuses her. Yes. Yeah. The Max... Once he's like apprehended by the cops, like he's in the backseat of the police car, he like cowers, like he balls up into the backseat and is almost like in like a fertile position. Like he's not this big hulking monster that he was when he was beating up the thugs. He is a cowering back there. He's saying he's got a pounding headache. It's like we see these words uh, as automatopoeia on the panel, just chug, 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 chug. And that's the pounding in his head. Yeah. It's like banging drums or something. Right. The cops are speaking about, okay, where are we going to take this loon in the backseat to the psychiatric ward, the a mental yeah. hospital? They don't know what to do with this guy they see is like a homeless guy Mm -hmm. and that that chug chug pounding sound eventually when he opens his eyes he's like in another world a different reality and it's like this 
kind of like nature-filled world that he calls the outback. Right, right. It has white skies, but grass below his feet. Yeah. So in the like regular city world, he's called the Max, right? Okay. But in this world where it's like, they also call it Pangea. So it's like a land, like a nowhere land or something, right? Another reality that the question is, is it in his head? What is this world really? We don't know yet. Yeah. I think they call him like the king, right? The king of this world of the outback. Yeah. Right? And he's the king because there is a queen and this is like the queen leopard, right? Okay. And she is like not wearing much. <laughs> <laughs> like just like a leopard print bikini basically yeah. is what she's wearing. And um, this is like the woman that he like is enamored with her. Yeah. But he's almost like, like her protector. Right. There are these like hands from below that try to attack him from below. Like these tiny little cartoonish white hands yeah. try to pull him into oblivion underground. Right. And these hands, they look like a... Um, you know the comic Bone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. That character. So it's weird because like he's like this action big muscular guy. And then there's like these like cartoony, like almost like Mickey Mouse hands trying to pull him out from underground and like pull him, drag him down. He's almost about to give in when this vision of the leopard queen in, jumps into his head. And he's like, I will... I will be a hero. I'll be a hero for her and fights off these tiny hands trying yeah. to take him out. And this is like his only purpose is like, the, I'm this protector, right? Yes. And we see this woman, this leopard queen, but we see like another version of her in the real world, like in the city. Oh, okay. And her name is Julie. Mm. I think it's Julie Winters. Right. She is a social worker, but she kind of like is a freelance social worker. It's kind of like not legit. She's doing it on her own dime. Yeah. Because she wants to help people that are, you know, like homeless and maybe mentally ill. And she's doing this out of the goodness of her heart because I think she has a, a abusive past of her own. Right, right. We're going to get into it later, but um, she's doing this out of the kindness of her heart, trying to do something good for these damaged people, right? I would say her character is like... Um, because at the time, you know, women's rights were on the march. And so they're, they're drawing this character up to be like, it's weird because it's like opposing ideals, I think. She's scantily clad, like Sam Keith drew her with like a thong sticking out, right? Yes. But then her, her character is very like pro-feminist women's rights kind of thing. But it's also that thing where feminists see like, oh, I can dress however I want to dress. I should feel, right? So it's... Yeah. It's a specific um, section of feminism, right? But then even the characters in the book are like, you're a social worker, but you dress like a hooker. <laughs> right. They, they just say it plainly like that. Yeah. Even the people she's helping, they're like, thanks for the help, but why are you dressed? Yeah. Like, why, is it, why is it all out? She She's barely wearing anything in the real world. Yes. Not not in the outback world. It, she's just like, well, I, I'm still going to help you out, but don't, just don't worry about she's it. Like, it's my choice, my body. It's the 90s. Right. <laughs> She gets a call from the police station saying that the cops have, you know, caught the Max. Yes. Right? It sounds like they have a past relationship. Like they, yeah. she's helped him in the past. Yeah. And it really sounds like to the cops, the Max is not a superhero. Right. Right. He's a guy that is always getting into trouble. He's a crazy guy wearing a costume. They see the costume. It's like yeah. just a dirty person wearing, thinks he's Batman or something. But he just beat up these guys. So he's definitely assaulting people. Right. So we have to arrest him. And Julie's like, okay, officers, I'll go over and, and bail him out. And so she kind of does the little money she does have, um, gives it to the officers to, to bail them out uh, out of the kindness of her heart. Seems like she's done this before, right? Where mm -hmm. they see each other. 
She knows him. She bails him out, takes him takes him to her apartment. And even there now, he's just like in the back of the cop car. He's like balled up, laying on the couch, kind of like in a vulnerable state. Yes, the, the, the pounding headache is still there. Um, you know, he's not in a great state right now, but Julie's like, you can't stay here. Okay. I mean, you're still a homeless person. You can't live on my couch Yeah, and offers her, him like a, a, a trench coat and a hat. That's very nineties. Like trench coat and hat. the Raphael from Ninja Turtles. That's the look, right? <laughs> yep. The thing trench coat. We cut to, um, another pair of characters. They're, uh, they're they're one of my favorite things. They're at a laundromat. You like laundromats? I love the smell of laundromats. I like clean ones that are clean enough. Some, yeah, but it smells like the dryer scent. I, I like that too, but I've been to dirty laundromats and had to okay. do my laundry there. Yeah. And it sucks. But I like knowing, especially in this time, where it's like, I'm going to laundromat and I, I kind of can't leave. Oh, I see. So it's like, I have an hour and a half block. I have to be here. So I can't do anything else. I kind of have... Not free time, but time to not do anything. Right. I, I don't have to be entertained right now or, or I don't have to do work right now. Yeah. I, get, I, I Honestly, I get that. It's, it's, <laughs> I think that's what I like about laundromats. It's a weird modern day like freedom. Yeah. You know? I'm unavailable for an hour and a half. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> so we see this guy and girl. The guy is obviously like into the girl. Yeah. So he's trying to like, you know, play moves on her, trying to like touch her a little bit. And she's not having it. And he's, it's again, this like 90s sensibility where he's like, you can't dress like that and not expect to get hit on is what the guy is saying, the yeah. character, which is what the writer's saying. I think it's it's also saying this is kind of a bad person. So, so it's like a weird commentary of what's the view of the writer or like, I think he's commenting on the, the idea of the 90s, of the thought process of the 90s also. So it's like he's making this character, highlighting this character, but also showing like this is a bad character. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's like, how do you take it? Right? Yeah, right. So there's, and then... Um, some serious things happen where um, he gets pushed aside. Like, okay, go get a go get a coke for me, right? That's what right. the girl says. As a guy leaves, the girl's alone in the laundromat. When out of nowhere, again, that shadowy figure erupts from the corner of the laundromat, and we see it's like um, a big, tall character with his trench coat that's like alive, like it's like it's like flooding the ground. How big it is, unworldly. Yep. Uh, Sam Keith definitely saw Spawn and Venom. Yes. Because the the trench coat is like, it's literally like a Spawn cape. Yeah. It covers almost the whole laundromat and it's like crooked in all the right corners, right? It's just basically the Spawn cape. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also made out of like, like creatures because at the end of it, there's like a bunch of like these little, they're almost like just mouths with hands and legs. Tiny little creatures. Um, they're black with like big sharp teeth. If you ever played Kingdom Hearts, they're like the shadows in that game okay. like tiny little I have no idea what you're talking about okay well they're in that they're like these tiny little figures they almost look like cartoon characters but just big teeth and tiny little arms and they attack her and the guy pretty much like kidnaps her too right yes where the wannabe boyfriend comes back and sees that she's been taken. Again, alluding to this uh, shadowy figure kind of having his way with this, this woman. The Max is, again, like kicked out of Julie's apartment, right? Yeah. So he's back on the streets, wearing his trench coat. And he is caught, like attacked by one of these little black creatures also. He's like wondering, like, what's this thing that wants with me? Like, he's, he's just chasing it down the street. 
as it he follows it down this other corner, it gets into this tiny crevice the Max can fit in, so he has to loop around. It's a lot of chase scenes in in that like New Yorky type city. You know how like um maybe like Watchmen or, or or Dark Knight Returns they'll have a page that's like a grid of panels like perfectly divided, and maybe it's like a nine panel page. Right. This one is a twenty four panel page. <laughs> It's very tight. It's a sliver of each panel that you can just see with the, the this chase sequence. I think I get what he's doing here. He's making it tight, very quick motions we're trying to get from this chase scene, right? But I like what he does because it continues to the next page and the panels almost like fall down as if they're like panes of glass into this reality where we see that shadowy figure. So we realize that little tiny guy came from this tall guy in the trench coat, right? Mm-hmm. We see get it. We see him in the light now and he just has like this regular bald guy face with a, a beard and goatee. Yeah. He looks kind of like a regular person, but there's something off about him, very sinister with his big smile across his face. He is um, on top of like a gas station awning. Right. Right. So the Max jumps up there and they're like face to face now, right? And this guy is almost like impressed with the Max. Like he's like, oh, you're you're like an amazing specimen. You, you found me. Um, finally, the Max, like he recognizes him. Like he's like a past uh friendship or not like a like enemy type of character but they have a past that the max doesn't remember right yeah he brings up the the is which are are these like tiny little creatures the black creatures yeah and um the the girl specifically and i think he's alluding to the julie winters girl right and how all three of them are connected yes now the is are these like little creatures that you said it's funny because in the city world, they're like these black little creatures. Yeah. But in the outback, though, they were the white hands that were pulling uh, the Max down. I see. So in the outback, which is like this fantasy world almost, there are these white creatures. But in the real world, there are these gray ones or these black ones. They're just like, it's almost like, I don't know, like yin and yang, but they're the same thing. The same type of creature, but I think they're like warped when they get into the real world. And that's what this character realized as he's like using them at his like minions. Mm-hmm. We see Julie Winters. She's at back at her apartment and she's on like one of those weigh scales, right? Yeah. And she's checking her weight and it's one of those things where like you suck your gut in yeah. and then she like exhales and it's like she kind of has like a, a full figured stomach. Right? Yeah, yeah. So she's like, ugh. Right? So he's not drawing, you know, J. Scott Campbell <laughs> <laughs> women. <laughs> He's trying to draw them kind of realistic. Kind of real women, right? Uh, a, a woman's real body type of thing. And she's like, well, I've been dieting this whole time and all this like um, cottage cheese or whatever she's dieting and still no no weight loss. Yeah. And so she goes back to her refrigerator. She has to eat something. In there is one of the is's, one of those monsters. It's almost like a scene from like Gremlins or something. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like a little creature in her refrigerator, like just destroying all her food. And this creature attacks her and pounces on her. And we see if some more come from behind and we get the idea that she's being rounded up right now. Yeah, just like um, they kind of lured the Max. Now she's being like captured. I see. Back at the gas station where the Max and this dark figure are fighting, they have like covered the whole gas station now. Like the guy's cape or trench coat or whatever, it's like endless. It could just cover the whole thing if it wanted to. Just a big kind of curtain covers the entire gas station. And we see now they're finding up there when out of nowhere, they crash through the awning down to the, the ground. And it's all out brawl between the two of them. 
this character on top with uh, the the trench coat, he announces his his name. He calls himself Mister Gone. Mister Gone. Um, he's really powerful. He's fighting the Max. He's kind of like beating him. And then out of nowhere, like these old ladies start jumping on the Max and biting him, right? Yes. And to us in the real world, they look like old ladies. But I guess to Mr. Gone and the Max, he sees that they're just more of the is monsters. So apparently the is have this thing about them, this power <laughs> where if they dress up as anything, the people in the real world see them as that. So yeah. they're all dressed up in like granny glasses and white wigs. Yeah. And everyone sees them as these identical old women. It's a way for like regular people to not see these creatures out. Right, to make sense of it. So if they dress up like anything, they'll, that's what they'll look like. <laughs> Pretty interesting power, I guess. And so it, just imagine the Max is purple thing gigantic guy is just a bunch of women trying to eat him right <laughs> old ladies old ladies they essentially like kind of defeat him right like almost like tire him out or something yeah so he ends up like in a dumpster and they lock him into the dumpster and here he's kind of like having again like a pounding headache almost and it's a, again another jump into the outback another outback i think it has allusions to like australia and like like yes like his prehistoric nature also right like kind of weird uh um, ancient time, but he is dropped into this um, kind of stage area, uh, like this theater or whatever, and she, he sees the Leopard Queen. But it's like another version of her. Yes. Almost like a tortured, evil version. Right. Instead of happy, she's sitting down, sad with red eyes, and she looks like she's got a warped mind too, talking about this doll that she has and how she's angry at it and that she's going to brush the hair of it until all the hair pops off. Right. And, you know, this um, distresses the Max because the Max, he has like one purpose, like to protect her. And he sees her like this. He feels like he's a failure. Right. It's again like um, just a illusion to his feelings on the other world. Like this outback is reflective of what's going on in the outside world. Yeah. He can't protect Julie right now. Uh, yeah. Again, whenever he feels stressed out or whatever, like the reality warps. But he's still in the real world, but he just sees it as the outback, I think. Right, right. Okay. And now we catch up with what Mr. Gon's been doing. He's apparently, he's of this other world, right? I think he's from the outback. But in the real world, he's like hiding out in this old factory because he's the super villain, right? So yeah. that's where he hangs out. And <laughs> I think it's like an old like costume factory. Yeah. That's how he can dress the is's into like whatever he wants to disguise them as. I see. Okay. So <laughs> that's kind of smart of him. He's like laid out there like he's taking a bath. Like it's he's got a whole setup there as he's shaving. And, um, you know, he's made a home for himself in this yeah. dirty factory. It's kind of gross, right? Yeah. Um, he goes to like this dark room. He turns on the light and it's revealed that he has tied up there Julie. Right. And it's because the is creatures like captured her. Yes. And she's uh, he's got her like dressed up as like in a bunny outfit. Like he's being a perv right now. She's like scantily clad. Like he's dressed her up. It's almost like she is his prize. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's a weirdo. Right. This is almost like, have you seen those sick movies like uh, like 8mm? No, never heard of this. It's like a Nick Cage movie. No. And then there's one like, uh, there's one bad movie where I think Jennifer, Lo not Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez 
goes into the mind of a serial killer. What? Yeah. It's not good. Okay. But it's like these almost like sick illusions, right? Gross. Yeah. So, but this has happened. She is kidnapped and she's like tied up by the neck while wearing like lingerie. This is a, a vulnerable position for her, right? But she is just barking in the face of Mr. Gunn saying like, okay, you think you got me here? You got me yeah. bandaged up that I would just cower. This is your sick fantasy. And Julie, she's like being really strong here. We get her character that she's not going to be busted around yeah right and she's talking like this because in her head she's like okay just keep talking distracting him because she's like looking around for anything that can like help her get out pretty smart of her yeah and she does find this little like a, like a tooth from one of the is's like that broke off yeah she's using that to cut off the the ties around her neck and mr gun like he's so sick like he's has like one of those um little toy jar things of bubbles and he's like blowing bubbles on her okay weirdo <laughs> It's definitely is a pretty good supervillain. I hate it. <laughs> She's able to escape, right? And she pounces on the back of Mr. Gone and has that tooth that she used to escape, like right at his throat. But like in the real world, like I think it's like what um, the Max sees because they're all kind of like telepathically connected. I see. It's not really happening. The Max sees the the Leopard Queen character holding like the doll. I see. Okay. Right. So I think the Max doesn't really understand what's happening. What's real, what's not. Yeah. But also it's like a it's these weird visions of telepathically knowing what's going on with her. Because yeah. they are tied. There's some yeah. type of unexplainable connection they all three have. And honestly like the Max doesn't know and I don't know. It's very confusing. This book is a little like hard to follow. <laughs> I think I, I've seen this book before. Yeah. I know the story like a little bit and I was intimidated by it. I thought it was too mature for me to understand. Mm -hmm. Because it's like... It's, it's illusions. It's poetry. It's not a superhero book. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently the book is about, you know, how people handle trauma. I think so. Yeah. Right. And, you know, some people cover themselves and pretend to be superheroes. Oh. Some people just continue to be sick. <laughs> right, right, right. Julie, she's like trying to do good for others, right? So there's like a, a reaction there. The Max is like, I have to save Julie, right? So he gets out of the dumpster, busts out of there. And he's like running through the streets. I'm, I'm assuming this is New York, right? Yeah. And it's super crowded. And he's again getting like stressed out a little bit, right? So his mind warps him back into the outback and he's running and he's saying like, oh, this tall grass is so hard to get through. But in reality, he's like, it's hard to get through because he's running through people like he's in a crowd. Just pushing these people around, trying to find uh, this is that he's chasing. I think it should, that is in his head will take him to where Julie is, right? So that's, right. he's pushing through, again, to note in uh, the Outback, he has a sexual headdress that yeah. is like a primal headdress that he wears. It just points to like an, him seeing as like a, a warrior of this world, not just mm -hmm. a regular, like a homeless person of that world, yeah. right? He's a different stature. I really like um, the artwork in this section because it's overlapping what he sees in the Outback with reality of being in the city. Because like in the Outback, he sees like this giant flying whale. Yeah. But in reality, it's a blimp. So it's like kind of interspliced so you could see both. Just and, something for him to reason out what's in front of him, right? Yeah. Because he, I think he's so almost like a panic attack or anxious or something that he has to pretend he's somewhere else. Very strange. Yeah. And it's almost like involuntary, I think. Okay. Okay. And so it almost like the whole world just becomes the outback around him and all of these white is just start attacking them, like pouncing on him, right? 
yeah. this is my guess. This is, I think these are like like cops or people just trying to stop him, uh, this homeless person. Yeah. In the real world, but we never see that. It's just these white is just pound like a flood of them trying to stop him. I think he finally gets to like the costume warehouse right yeah. to save Julie, and now he's fighting um, Mr. Gone. Mr. Gone is just like in like a towel. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> But imagine like a creepy pervy guy in a towel fighting a homeless guy in a makeshift superhero costume. <laughs> this is, it would be a weird sight, right? For anybody. But Mr. Gone is actually like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like you are the enemy of mine. You're fighting each other. You're, you you don't know. You're the protector of the girl. Yeah. You're this great warrior and I'm your arch enemy or whatever. Even though in reality, they're just kind of delusional. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> is is the other world right? Like what what is true? What's not? That's I think that's kind of the fun of it. Is like you don't know if they're just seeing this other world or is it all true? I think it's. I think I it think is true. What what's true? No, I don't think it's true. I, I think uh, this book is about like a little bit of trauma, melt, mental illness. Okay, and how these people are portraying it in their minds, and it seems crazy to us i see but it is how they're coping with it because he eventually he defeats him right yeah and he saves julie and the next scene is like they're on top of the building right and he he's like comforting her and he he's cutting her toenails yeah i i, I guess like the max and the julie of the other world like they're just kind of friends now they're like best friends yeah like He's like a big teddy bear to her or something like that. There you go. Yeah. I would never let anyone else cut my toenails. No, I'm, that's my biggest fear. <laughs> they cut it too short and it hurts. What's that? Like uh, nail salons? Oh, uh, never. I would take I would take that for a, a manicure though. <laughs> um, that's kind of how that short story ends. There's a fourth issue where we're introduced to this character named Sarah. Right. Who is also connected to this. Um, I'm not going to go over too much of that issue because... It's kind of more build up to other stories further down the line. I see. Because I think the way it works is the first 20 issues, everything's kind of like centered around this Julie character. Right. And then after that, the next however long it goes, I think it goes to like 35 issues. It's it's actually centered around um, Sarah and there's a time jump. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know there was a time. I knew we kind of revolve around other characters down the road. Yeah. I didn't know there was a time jump. Interesting. Yeah. And I heard a lot of people fell off after the time jump. Oh, dang. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was it a different writer too? Yeah. I think- um, There's Messner Loeb, Loeb. Yeah. Stops writing it after oh, that. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, Alan Moore wrote a couple. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think after that is when people stopped. It lost a lot of readers. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I think it's an interesting book because it's not about superheroes, especially in a time of like Spawn and Wildcats and Wildstorm and all that, right? And being an image comic, it's like, yeah. it's almost like making fun of those books. It does that a lot, I think. Um, it uses, it kind of wholeheartedly steals like style of that yeah. stuff at some points, like makes a Spawn, a hero character, kind of a villain. Just the just illusion of that, right? Mm -hmm. But also I think it, it, it fits in line with that style too, because it's, it does look like a 90s comic like yeah, there's yeah. the automatopoeia the, yeah. the the paneling is kind of a use a lot of in another um 90s comics mm -hmm. but it's tackling very serious uh issues yes that's what i'm saying i was like intimidated by it when i first <laughs> yeah. started reading it mm -hmm. i did try before but i was like i don't know if i could do this for the podcast but it i think it it's pretty serious, you know. And the Max is almost like not the main character mm -hmm. at all and almost like not even that important to the story. He's like the, he's almost like the backup. Like he's the yeah. security guard. Yeah. 
Julie and this Mr. Gone are the the real story. And, and if we're, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but the the whole overall story is Julie was, I think she was like abused and raped as a child. Okay. And I think it was this Mr. Gone was like a family friend that did it. Oh. And then she kind of like buried that in her memory that that never happened. Oh. And that's why she's like super pro-feminist helping people now is because she never wants to be the victim ever again. Okay. Okay. Just wholeheartedly denies being the victim. Yeah. Okay. And where Mr. Gone kind of just like continued being a pervert, a creep. Oh, gross. And then the Max character, apparently I think when she was in, in like college or something, she actually hit a homeless person with her car and he was so like messed up that she covered him with like this cloth or whatever and like covered his face with like junk, like a lampshade. And that's who the Max is. What? And, like, you know, he sees all that stuff and he sees the superhero, but really he's wearing like trash. Oh, wow. He sees himself as like a hero in this like... And like, because she kind of like rehabilitated him, she's like, I have to protect her. Oh, wow. That's that's interesting. I assume like he in real life he looks like trash. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like I didn't know it's really not a superhero costume that he made. He cosplayed as. Yeah, I, I don't know if like if it's real or not, but it's like that's the idea. I like I like that it's like towing the line of is it real? Is it there this other world? Is is it playing a joke on you? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and and also the combination of the things of the outback of Mr. Gone, it's like it's pulling from different things. Like it doesn't feel like it's a one cohesive right. theming. Mm. Which I think is intentional. Yeah, and I really like the beginning how he saves this woman and when the cops come they arrest him. Yeah. And it shows like how police handle these situations and like they're not well equipped or trained to handle the homeless problem. Uh, mentally ill people. Yeah. Right. So th- uh, it's, it sucks, but it's still happening today. Yeah. yeah I, th- I also think the 90s heavily commented on homeless people, I think. Like, yeah. Like Spawn, right? Yeah. I think that was a big trend in comics specifically too. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that was the Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing was uh, it was also an MTV cartoon. Did you know that? I did know that. <laughs> I, after we you picked this, I looked up if I could watch it. There's nowhere I could watch it. Okay. Unless I want to buy it, which I don't. <laughs> um, I'm glad I picked this because I always wondered about it. I didn't know. I honestly thought it was just a superhero comic book. Yeah. But now that I know how deep it is, like it's it's one of the better like serious books there is. Like surprised you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> I thought it was like the Hulk, right? Yeah, right. But it, it's way more serious than that. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with the way he drew some of the women characters, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, it's a good good book nonetheless. I think so too. It it looks weird, very nineties, but also like Archie comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the max. Anything else you want to talk about? That's it. All right. Cool. Let's get into side stories. This week, I wanted to talk about a show we've both been watching recently, uh, Severance on Apple TV. Yes. I think we both pretty enjoy the show, right? It's a. Uh, I think I've done. I'm done with it. You're done with it. I enjoy it. I'm so curious what's going on. Okay. But the idea is it um is kind of commenting on the corporate world, I think, and also there's a big mystery going on 
basically there's these employers that can sign up for this company and they're their normal selves in the everyday life, except when they clock in for work, when they go up their elevator to their floor of this building, they are basically a different person. They're like... Like their memory is paused. Yeah. It's like they go up there and they don't know their life outside of the office and they just have uh, their own memories are just what's on the floor of this office, basically. There's like a technology that alters their brain and they, it's like they're two different people almost. Yeah. Inside the the work and outside work, basically. It's like you have two sets of memory. Yeah. It, it's called being severed, right? Mm. They, they implant something in your brain. It's like a procedure. And then you basically, you go up there and you do your work. And then when you leave, like you go outside the, you go down the elevator, you don't remember what you did up there. Basically, it's just a different person doing their work up in this other floor. So like if you went to work, you went to the elevator, the next thing you're going to remember is you going down the elevator, finishing work because you don't remember doing the work. You don't remember who you are in the job. That's right. So it stars Adam Scott. It's, uh, I think, directed by Ben Stiller, or he's like the show creator of it. It's, uh, you're like wondering, like, what's going on? Why are these people signing up for this service, this like job that yeah. you basically, there's like eight hours of the day that you just don't know what you did. Yeah. You, you could be doing something horrible up there, whatever, you don't know. Um, but we do kind of follow like the characters in and outside the office, basically. And their job is strange. It, it, you can't, they can't really explain what it is. Like they look at numbers on a computer screen and they just say, like, what kind of feeling does it give you? Like they group it <laughs> up. Numbers. They, it's like four, three, seven, whatever. Just looking at the screen and putting the empty boxes <laughs> saying like, it makes you feel happy. makes you feel sad. They're like, this three makes me feel scared. Right. Exactly. Like, what is that? So it's like this big mystery. Like, why does this company want you to not remember what you did in the, in the work? And what are they having you do? It's mm-hmm. like, I, this is a big mystery of what's going on. And it's also, it's like a maze. Like kind of, you don't know the other employees of the company except the people in your department, which is right. like four people. Yes. So there's that other department of employees that are in the same situation. You never really know them because getting to your workstation is like a maze. It's like a gigantic building, right? It's a big corporate office, and it's like uh, if you if you've worked a corporate job, it's like there's different units or whatever. But they specifically want to keep you apart. They don't want you guys talking yeah. as employees. So there's a big like big brother feeling to the show, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, the boss is very domineering and they don't explain everything. And it's like uh, very strange. They also have this like weird like cult type culture where mm-hmm. they see their CEOs as like gods almost, <laughs> yeah. like like uh, prophets or whatever. There's this like security guard guy that he is not part of that situation where his memory is erased. Yeah. So he knows them from from both sides. Yes, yes, yes. And he has to like control them and keep them in, in place. So I, I'm, I'm wondering like, I think they're never going to reveal how they do it. Like basically what's going on, like this technology. But I think they're going to go into like what, why they want you not to know what they're, you're doing. Yeah. And it's, it's very, uh, I think it's enticing keeping you on the thread. Cause there's people trying to like the people in, cause you have two different minds, the people outside and inside. Yeah. The, some people, their minds inside are thinking like, I want to break out of here. I'm stuck in here. Yeah. Forever. Because basically once I leave the office, I don't have a conscience. It's like I'm in prison. All I know is these four walls, like the walls in this office. Right. right? Yeah. So they're thinking like, I need to break out of here. No matter what my 
Audi, what my outside self thinks. Mm-hmm. I want to break out of here. They feel like they're just captured. Yeah. And um, when they try to leave or you can't even like write a message to yourself or anything because it gets erased. They, they've thought through every single thing. Like they, anything you like write down, there's like an indicator or like a reader saying like mm-hmm. sound an alarm. You can't yeah. send a message to your outside self, that type of thing. There's a cool scene where this person who wants to quit she runs out the door and then immediately like runs back in and she doesn't get why right yeah it's almost like a you initially think it's like a paradox or like a loop or something but really as soon as she walks out the door she becomes the other person and the other person doesn't want her to quit so she walks right back in it's very strange like your outside self your inside self do not agree it at all also like why do these outside people sign up in the first place because you don't sometimes some of these people you don't know what their outside self is but we we kind of only really follow Adam Scott's character the main Mm -hmm. guy inside and out yeah Yeah, I will say um, it's taking too long for me to reveal anything. That's why I'm kind of just like, I'm giving up. There's a slow period and I'm in it right now. I hate it when shows do that. The beginning like caught me yeah. right away. Like, oh, I, I could I could get invested in this. But they're not revealing they haven't revealed anything yet about why they're doing it. Yeah, that's true. And it's like five episodes already. And I'm like I'm a little bit like, well now I just don't care. Really? I should have said something by now. I'm in that position where I have buy in already. I put in my five episodes, I wanna see it through uh, however long it is. Hopefully they'll give something because it is taking a while. There's there's a weird tone to everything where everything's like... It's a little slow and I feel like the, we've seen, what, four episodes? I think five already. Five? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it feels like all of this could have been told in two episodes. Possibly, honestly. Um, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still invested. I want to know what... Because it's just a big question of what's going on. I think it's... It's acted very well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Scott is like playing this like kind of depressed character, not his typical like character from like Parks and Rec or whatever or, or mm-hmm. Step Brothers, right? It's yeah. it's like half a comedy. Like sometimes it's funny, but most of the time it's a uh, start. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, yeah, like like a like a dark comedy kind of thing, right? Yeah. The first scene is he's going to work and he's like bawling his eyes out in his car. Yeah. And then he like kind of like wipes off and then puts on like a fake smile and goes into the office. Right. So. It's also like a commentary on, I think, think work life, right? Like well, work life balance. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that is what they're trying to get to, but I'm not sure. If that's the lesson. We're trying, trying to say to like you're just like zombies at work, right? Yeah, yeah. But if the reveal is not good, it, it's not worth it, and I think it's taking too long for me to get there. Right. So uh, I'm losing interest in it. I hope you keep watching so you can just tell me. <laughs> I think that's what's gonna happen. I'm just gonna have to watch it alone. Yeah. You're severing your ties to it. Is what you're saying? Yes. Dang. Okay. <laughs> I just want to know if Adam Scott makes it out. The one I like, not the other one. Um, so, I, who else is in it? John Turturro's in it. He's playing like this meat character, not like yeah. his Batman character. Christopher Walken's in it. Christopher Walken's in it, right. That's kind of funny too, their their, their relationship in it. Um, but it, it has like this, it's like an ugly office vibe, right? Like it's like right. the aesthetic of it is just formal like keep clean office yeah no fun type of thing it's weird because they're in like a really big room but there's only like four little desks in the middle right with again these computers that we have no idea what they're really doing yeah that look like they're from the 50s Mm. somehow computers from the 50s (laughs) tabletop (laughs) desktops so it's it's a wonky look to everything so you're also wondering like is is what they're seeing not real also like because it's messing with your head like 
what they're doing seems like an unworldly, inhumane thing, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in the outside world, there's people protesting right. this company, Lumen. Yeah, that's like, this is not a right thing. Like it's the people inside, your other self is like a prisoner in there and they see it that way. So there's right. like, it, it kind of makes sense too. Imagine you, you only had memories of just being at work because that's what happens. Imagine that life. Yeah, you'd have no memories other than you're at work. <laughs> then again, if you're the outside person, you'd basically have no work. Yeah. And you're, that's the person that walks in and signs up for it. So would you sign up for that? You're signing up for no work ever. Yeah, it's a 50-50, which one? You, I mean, you are both. I th- well, also the one inside, it's like you're a fresh baby. Like you don't, it's amnesiatic. You don't remember your past life. So is that you or is it not? It kind of, it's kind of your personality, but it's not your memories. Yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't sign up for it for literally always vacation. I don't even want to sign up for watching the show. So. <laughs> You have to sign up, like, get severed. I want to sign up for Apple TV. That's funny. It is like the company's like an Apple company, like this big corporate, <laughs> like, overseer, big brother yeah. type. They're, they're listening to you type thing. I mean, people that work at Apple feel like this. They feel like they're yes. always at work. I, when we saw the big building uh-huh. that's in the show, that, I recognize that it looks a lot like the big Apple circle <laughs> that, you know, if you know what I'm talking about, it looks mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, this big figurehead watching over you type of thing. I I'm, think I'm done with it because I feel like I feel like I watched two episodes and learned nothing. Yeah, I, we're in a slump right now yeah, with the so, show. So you keep watching and let me know what happens. Dang it! I've been assigned homework. <laughs> I have to sign up. I have to get another Daniel to watch it. <laughs> but I, I liked what I've seen of it so far. For me, I'm I'm still enticed. How about you for side stories? Um, my side story is one of your old ones again. Oh, here we go again. Oh, because uh, Daniel's got his god. Because you, I bought you a video game and you play like two hours. <laughs> So I I wanted to play it. Right. Did you ever buy a gift for someone because you want to use it? Yes, I've done that to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wanted to play this game, so I was like, screw it, I'm not going to wait for him to play it. Yeah. I'll just play it myself. And uh, I've been playing it. I probably put in eight hours. Oh, really? Well. Eight, yeah. Maybe a little bit more. But it's fun. It, it's been a long time since I played a linear narrative game. Okay. And that game is? Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. it. Um, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy um, on Xbox. It's fun. Yeah. The Guardians property is pretty fun. Yeah. And um, it's very colorful and big and grand. You're in space. Right. Um, it's not like a fantasy world of endless fights, you know? Like, it's enjoyable, actually. Are you fighting for anything, though? Are you fighting for... Yeah, you're fighting to save the galaxy. You're guarding it. <laughs> um, you're in a cool spaceship, not a magic horse. But can your spaceship double jump? Um, I, You know, Star-Lord can do, like, a mid-air dash. Cool. You could be multiple characters, and there's different costumes. And uh, that, that's honestly what I like about the game is... Um, costumes? Collecting the costumes for the Guardians. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's fun and it's in the vein of like, I feel like an Uncharted meets Mass Effect. Okay. Is there like a decision thing where you're like talking to people and actually affects the story? Yes. A lot of the times, you know, you, you only play a Star-Lord, even though it's a team, right? In the story. In the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times the rest of the Guardians will have two opposing opinions and you have to decide which one the team will go with. And that'll affect the story. Like, I decide to go with Drax's idea instead of Rocket's. Now Rocket's mad at me. And maybe he won't 
help me as much in the next mission or something like that. Oh, wow. You might be lazy the next mission or something. Yeah, or, you know, he'll remember that you chose to go against him. Your choices matter. They have effect. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, in that way, it's like Mass Effect, but also like, it's like funny and and straightforward, like uh, Uncharted, because it's not like an open world where you do whatever you you have a mission to do and you go do that mission. You just go through the story. Okay. Yeah. It does switch up a bit here and there and make branches, but there's a through line. Yeah. Um, and it's been a while since I played a game like that. Um, usually I'm playing like a Call of Duty or something. Right, right. But this one seems fun. And I don't have, like, usually I could pick up a game and be like, I'm going to play for like 15 minutes. This one I have to play for at least like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half because... You're just going to get nowhere in 15 minutes. Yeah, and I have to continue the story and I have to watch these cutscenes because I have to make decisions in them. Oh, I see. And and yeah, so it is like a, a story game. Okay, very cool. Very cool. How's the, the gameplay of it and like the battling? Sometimes it's a little too much is happening. Yeah, I remember that. But once you kind of get used to it and practice more and understand what the moves are and how to use them... Uh, like accordingly effectively yeah it, it makes more sense because there's at least five people on the screen at once because you're the guardians of the galaxy because like you're playing as star lord right but you can also basically control the others right you uh do it like a button combination so you can tell gamora like attack this one or um tell groot to like move this thing right team captain type thing yeah the the way it works is um i think like Groot, his powers that I've gotten, I'm sure there's other powers that you get when you unlock them, but his powers like more of like a grapple, like hold these enemies down. Yeah. Rocket is like explosions, like he throws bombs. Gamora is like uses her sword to cut them, and so does Drax, like stab them. So it's like you want to use like Groot first to hold them down. And then maybe like throw bombs with Rocket or slash them with Gamora or something. Like you see the combinations and how the yeah. it would affect fighting against different enemy types, right? Yeah. What's most effective. But then there's enemies that are maybe like not effective or more effective against Groot because they're like fire or they're spiky or something. So Groot can't really hold them or something like that. Oh, I see. Okay. Because I remember playing it like Groot felt OP. Like he's just going to hold a little bit. these guys down so I can shoot him up totally fine. But I think the bosses evolve. Oh, I see. So okay. like you need to find the right combination. And it's uh the world of it is it's pretty beautiful, right? Like yeah, it's, it's huge. It's not just the movie. Like it, it is its own thing. Like it's more like the comic books than the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. How so, well, what do you mean by that? Like, it's so strange or... You, no, you're referencing, like, you reference, like, Thanos. Oh, uh, okay. But then the characters you meet are not in the movie. Okay, okay. They're not, like, yeah. uh, the superhero type. They're, like, No, they're strange. the cosmic heroes. The strangers that find their way in the... Yeah, like, you go to the Nova Corps station, you go to, like, oh, Nowhere... Okay. You're going to meet... Um, right now, I'm on my way to meet Cosmo. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would say it's more like the comic book. And if it is like the movie, I think it's post-Death uh, of Thanos. That world, you mean? Yeah. And it might be Infinity Gauntlet um, storyline from the comics. Because I think in this game, they're referencing like... Drax killed Thanos or something like that. Oh, like he already did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't remember that. So, like, what does the Destroyer do now that it's his target is destroyed? Yeah. So, like, there's not... Re- they don't really talk about the Avengers or anything like that. Oh, okay. It's like, they don't care about them. This is a Guardians game, and it's about space. Earth is just a small speck in the span yeah. of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, the planet hopping. Like, the, the planets 
feel like it's like uncharted where you're navigating through nature but imagine yeah. it's space so it's like very strange and other weather is affecting your the climate yeah. you're like fighting against that too mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of fun it's really fun there's a lot of like oh go around this corner and find this collectible yeah it's it's that's in like every like linear yeah. game now right like so, tomb raiders I'm, or, I'm doing that a lot oh okay because that's how you um can upgrade your moves and weapons and stuff oh okay i was just gonna say i thought it was the looter in you because that's me i'm the one that has to open every box no. if it wasn't for moves and like weapons I'd be like, oh, who cares about this stuff? <laughs> I'm the one that has to see what's in every box no. because I need to. It's I, in my I also want to get, that's also how you find new costumes. So like, I want to get all the costumes. It's a, it's like the Spider-Man video game where yeah. really we're here for the costumes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the cool looks. So I'm playing that. Uh, I'm probably going to try to beat it. Okay. And then um, by that time, maybe you're maybe you're done with Elden Ring. I don't think so. Maybe you're going to let me try it by then. <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> So right now someone's hogging it. So. Uh, <laughs> is that why? No, I'm 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 not interested in it. Yet. Really? Yeah. Maybe later, but okay. I'm enjoying um, Guardians of the Galaxy still. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. I know it's fun. Um, I was uh, lagging on playing it, getting mm -hmm. up started, but I know I know it's a pretty. When it came out, it was like a lot of people's favorite game of the year. So I also have um, lights behind my TV. Oh right. So LEDs. It makes it even cooler. <laughs> You mean like the color changing lights? Yeah. That like, don't they like... Um, they match the colors of the TV. Right, right. What's on screen. Mm -hmm. So, it, and there's a lot. It's a very colorful game. Wow. You're getting a seizure from that. Like, it's like yeah. too bright. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I love it. <laughs> All right. That is it for my, my side stories. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? That's it for me. Guys, thank you again for tuning in. Um, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Um, the best place to do that is on our Apple Podcast page. And um, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all those social medias, at the Reader Copy Podcast. Let's chat what video games or shows are you guys watching, playing. We'll be back next week with another great comic book. And um, I think Moon Knight's coming pretty quick. Yeah, it's it's on yeah. our tail. Yeah, we'll be right there. Uh, until then, do you want to hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. All right, see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Error.